0: Hello. Very good morning. How are you today? You can answer. How are you today? Good, fine. Beautiful sunny day. I have the privilege to share with you God's Word. I want to ask you to open your Bibles on Matthew chapter 21. We are in this series called Coronation. And actually, do you know how many people watch the Coronation? I was checking the numbers something around 20 million watching the king charles coronation amazing all this crowd and people around and uh you see all these big things like the coronation or i don't know if i have been any rock concert where i have lots of people and i have been many uh, so, I was raised in a church. Okay, let, let me introduce myself first. So, I'm Danny. Uh, I'm part of the leadership of this church. And I was raised in church. And uh, I'm very... So, I'm 45 years old. So, I'm not so... Yeah. And, and, but, but I'm in this weird position. But I'm not so mature to walk with the mature guys. And not so young to walk with the young guys. So, I don't have friends. I'm joking. <laughs> and uh, on those days... Uh, we start to receive, in my country, in Brazil, all these Christian rock bands. And my father was a very old-fashioned father. And then I was going, uh, hidden is the word, with my other brothers to Christian rock concerts. So all these bands, very 90s, 80s, like Petra and, and some pop as well, like Michael W. Smith and all these guys. They used to go to Brazil, always. And then, every time I see these big crowds and, and rock concerts like Rolling Stones, they had 1.2 million people watching their concert in Rio in Brazil. It's a lot. They have something in common. King Charles, Madonna, Rolling Stones, all of them. they have a triumphal entry. That moment, that expectation. You remember in the '80s? Michael Jackson, they had that thing on stage. I saw, I'm sure you saw many times, he comes from the underneath the stage. No, the boom went, wow, that moment. And people, when you go for these places or if you're watching on your, your TV, you have that expectation for that moment. So in these concerts, usually you have a band playing, but you are waiting for your favorite artist. That very special moment, when it comes. And over the years, Hollywood, they understood that all of us, we love heroes. We love this kind of thing. So we pay to feel happy, thrilled, emotional. We go for musicals, cinema, to feel something. And every time you are watching a film, I don't know if you like Marvel, DC, any kind of film, Star Wars, you wait for that moment. Now, Luke Skywalker, at some point of this film, he'll appear, he'll show up. Or Spider-Man or anything. You have expectation for that very moment. So I had maybe, like you, I had my heroes. I have some of them here. Very odd, I know. Not so old. Do you have this Batman here in England? Yeah. The Batman with no muscles. Like, yeah. Yeah, with... <laughs> I don't know. In Brazil, I had this, times, this time, I don't know, four, three uh, TV stations. Brazilians, help me. Adriano, do you remember? I had like two TV stations in the 80s. Oh, you're not so old. Okay. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was here. You have all of these options. Maybe three, four. Uh, one, two, three. One, two, three. Three TV stations uh, to watch the thing, so we had the same. And 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 at home we had uh, I had a TV with no remote control, so we need to stand and change the thing. I don't know the name. Tick, tick, tick. Chap, uh, Channel four. Oh, it's there. Superman, Christopher Reeve, and Indiana Jones, and of course Martin Mike Fly. So these were my heroes on the 80s. Of course, have more. And all of them they had a soundtrack and all that expectation for the triumphal entry, that special moment. And we have this. So all of them, I'm sure you are now back in your head uh, with some songs like Rocky Balboa and "Rumble" and all of them. Uh, But that Batman, uh, I love it. (laughs) It's really nice. I need show for you. This is in our hearts and our minds. We love heroes. We love to see justice. And we have expectations with our heroes. Rocky Balboa, I was waiting for that moment after being beaten and after almost dying. Something, come on, Stallone, come on, Rocky. You need to have some reaction. So, I want to read with you now. The Bible verse. Uh, And what was happening. I'll share with you a verse that usually we we preach about those things in in Easter. But we are talking about this hero. Israel. Jerusalem. Every Jew. On those days in the New Testament, they had expectation about this big hero. Mainly because they were under oppression. Oppression is the word? Yeah? Like. Kind of, it wasn't a slavery, but it was a very tough life. Paying high taxes and everything. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Paying high taxes and you wait for something. Come on, someone has to free us uh, from, from this uh, situation. They had expectation about this hero, the Messiah. And in the last week of Jesus Christ before he died, in the last week, They had that special moment. Finally, the Messiah is here. The entry. So, let's read. In your uh, screen behind me, we have verse 5. Matthew 21, verse 5. But I want to read with you from verse 4. Just one verse before. Uh, Let me find here. Okay. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. So, verse 5 Matthew is saying that verse 5, he's repeat, repeating a quote, a verse from some prophet. I'll talk about this prophet in a few seconds. And this is the thing. He says, say to the daughter Zion, see your king comes to you. See your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. And on a coat, the fall of a donkey. Let me explain for you what, this, what, what was happening here so in those days israel and the jews they had this amazing culture and and many parties and celebrations so they were in everywhere in the roman empire but three times a year they used to travel journey the word is pilgrimage yeah okay into jerusalem why because they had three special occasions Occasion number one, this word here, Sukkot, and then Passover, and then the Pentecost. There were three big celebrations. Many days of food, drinking music, and seeing each other, receiving relatives and friends. And all of this happened, and used to happen always, in Jerusalem. So they used to come from many different places under the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was around, I don't know, 50 million people and everywhere. So in these journeys... They had in their culture the habit of uh, to walk and sing in the same time, singing songs, the pilgrimage songs. And these songs, they are in your Bible. They are in these Psalms between 120, 134. They used to sing, we don't know the, the rhythm, but the lyrics, they are there. So all the time coming from different places in this journey, they used to prepare their hearts for that special moment of these parties. And the main celebration was this one, the middle, Passover. So they used to come singing, uh, and three times a year, uh, this pilgrimage songs was a moment special for them. Now, for the Romans, it was a nightmare. Because... They had in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, it's small. They had something around 2 million people coming from never. Can you imagine 2 million, lots of problems and riots and protests and people fighting against each other. And, and then uh, they had something uh, very peculiar in their culture. If you, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with this, they had something. Not only the celebration, but they used to kill animals, to kill lambs and other animals. This was their way, according with the Old Testament and the law in the Bible, to ask for forgiveness. So if you are talking about something around 2 million people, we had something around 10 people for each animal. To come to present to God. And the priest used to kill. And that blood would cover the sins of that family. We are talking about something around 260,000 animals killed in the Passover. And the Romans perspective. It was a mess. So we need to control this. But that Passover. Was special. Because we read Matthew. But. 500 years ago, we had this prophet here behind me, Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. Come on, 500 years ago. My country has 500 years, Brazil. So this guy, he said this, the same sentence that we read in Matthew. What does that mean? That means that these guys, the Jews, they had 500 years of expectation about this king. This is a big big expectation about the hero. And they had this yellow part here uh, in their heart. See, your king comes to you. So generation after generation, they were raised with this promise. Someday, our king will come. And someday, we will be free. Someday, our hero will show up and destroy the Roman Empire and give us freedom. But now, if you read this with me, there is something weird here. Your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, powerful, riding on a donkey. There is something that doesn't make sense. Because kings, generals, in the Roman Empire, for example, the generals coming back from battles and wars, they used to come in a white horse. Or the beautiful chariot with the slaves behind them uh, in handcuffs. Yeah? and showing for everybody how they were amazing and victorious and etc etc and now we have this promise about the king with no white horse and a donkey coming it's kind of wow what is this and this is the first thing here jesus jesus he has this nature uh confrontational nature because in the same time he's humble he's not modest let me explain this for you. Jesus, is full of compassion, love, mercy, forgiveness, grace. He opened his arm; He's receiving people all the time. You keep reading this in the gospel. But Jesus, he makes incredible claims about himself. In this moment, he's crossing with the donkey, Jerusalem. But his destination was the big temple. The house of God. When he goes to the temple, he calls that place my house. In other words, he's saying he's God. So he's humble, full of compassion, but he's not modest. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Before Abraham, I am. I am the bread of life. So all these strong statements is showing something very shocking for that generation. Jesus was, in another word, saying in in, in his uh, ministry, Or you crown me as your king and love me, or you kill me, but nothing in the middle. Or you love me, or you kill me, but please don't like me. You see, so... This uh, the Bible has a name for this. It's calling uh, lukewarm. Is in Revelation. Uh, I think Jesus is cool. He's nice. Uh, we have these books, uh, and sometimes I see these covers of these books. For example, Jesus, the greatest psychologist, 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 psychologist that ever existed. He's God. Or. Or some spiritualists talking about him in a very polite, nice way. What Jesus is showing his ministry in life is, don't like me, love me, crown me like your king, have my uh, uh, Jesus as the first, greatest passion and love of my life, or throw everything away and serve me, or, or please kill me. And this for us. It's very important because over the years, we just get familiar with Christian uh, life, culture, church, and we kind of enjoy Jesus. And we forgot the radical calling that the gospel keeps inviting us. Sometimes we, we keep building idols in our hearts. Ministry can be an idol. Church can be an idol. Many good things can be idols in our heart. Things that carry his name. But it's not Jesus. It's not him. You see, you have some guys in Acts 19 in the Bible. And they liked Jesus. And and then they received in their town this crazy guy called Paul doing many miracles in Acts 19 seven of these friends they they I don't know they were invited to cast a demon from someone and this is I don't know it's funny and and it's very shocking this passage in the Bible because when they go there the guy's there with the demon in his body and the demon talks talks with them with the seven other guys can you imagine this conversation? We don't need to imagine. The Bible is saying that the demon said to them, uh, because they said to the demon, oh, in the name of this cool Jesus Christ that Paul keeps preaching about, in his name, we command you to, to get out, to leave this person. And the demon talks to them saying, oh, wait a minute. I know Jesus. I know Paul. I don't know you. So it's not... The name of Jesus is not a magic power. Unless you submit to the king, there's no power. Unless you, you don't submit your life and, and, and in your heart totally to him, there's, there's no this, such thing like, ah, I can use Jesus sometimes in my life, and some moments in my life, I can enjoy Jesus. It's radical. Or you surrender 100%. Or you don't surrender 100%. Nothing in the middle. So Jesus is humble, but not modest. But there's another nature about him. Very paradoxical nature. He's totally against the culture uh, as a king. Like I was saying, a king riding uh, like a servant. Very, uh, what's the word, vulnerable? Vulnerable? In another thing, in other words, when he comes with this donkey... People were praising him, saying to him the words that we were seeking here, Hosanna. Um, They had that expectation, 500 years waiting for the king. But you see their expectation because a few days later, when Jesus is about to die, the same people, they crowd, crucify him. Why? Frustration about Jesus. When God's not so convenient. When God's not fulfilling my expectations. So I don't want this God. So what they are saying here. Jesus is coming. As a king. But in other words. He's showing. Okay. I am the king. But not like you think. Well, not that the way that you think I am the king. And. I am the king, and they were praising him, finally he's here, and after four or five days nothing happened. Wow, the Romans are still in the power, I'm still poor, and I'm still working hard, my life is not changing, I'm still struggling in my marriage, I still have debts, I don't know what to do with my life, I still feel depressed, I don't feel joy, I'm alone, but I believe in Jesus. And, and I believe in those things that people keep preaching uh, at churches about him. But my life is still not happy. Because people, they have expectations about Jesus. And, and we love when God is very convenient with us. So we have our plans. Many times in my life, uh, I have my plans. So Lord, this is my plan. This is my sermon for this Sunday. Could you bless the sermon that I i create for for your church <laughs> or this is my plan for the next five years of my life lord so could you just put and then i pray and then i feel in peace with my conscience because okay i pray everything works well so when he comes in a donkey and a donkey he's saying okay i am the king but on a donkey not white horse not fighting against the Romans, because if I free you from the Romans, you, you turn away your back and enslave someone else. There is something deeper than the Romans that I can make you free. What are you going to do about the emptiness of your heart? What are you going to do about the eternal salvation of your soul? What are you going to do about the guilty that you carry in you? You see... We are in this very surface sometimes. And what Jesus was offering and keeps offering something deeper. What you are going to do about the death? It's not only my small world and expectations. It's things that I don't see. It's things about my future. is my life. And this is the problem. When people putting themselves in the place of the king, because this king has to be my waiter, my server, this is a sin. When I want to give my list to the king, I have expectations, Jesus is coming, the Romans are here, okay, now is my time. Come on, Jesus, do what I expect from you to do. So I am putting myself in the place of the king. And this is a sin. And like a puppet king or a king that I can give orders. So what you are seeing here is the real king in a kind of fake coronation. He is the king but people they mm, uh, but we are seeing at the same time a king who make himself a servant when he goes to Riding this donkey, showing everything, washing the feet and everything. This is the gospel. Why I'm saying this is the gospel? Because many of us, we try to please God, to be approved by him or accepted by him, behaving well, obeying all the time. I need to obey, I need to have good marks, I need to have a good behavior so God can accept me. But this is the other way around. You have just listened this this morning or watching on YouTube or, or because he already accepted you. He chose you. And because he chose you, he forgave you, you can obey and serve him. So there's obedience in both sides, but this is another, totally another way. And what happened here? We were saved by this weakness. Because these people, they had the expectation to have this revolution. But we were saved by grace. Grace. So in John chapter 10, there's this text that I love. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down Of my own accord. I have authority. To lay it down. And authority to take it up again. This command. Is not suggesting. This command. I received from my father. What he's saying. Your life. And my plan. Is not out of control. I'm doing everything intentionally. With good intentions. I'm doing everything. I'm giving my life. I'm forgiving you. I, sometimes I'm not this big hero that you have expectation, but I can save you. Maybe I'm speaking with someone here this morning who keeps for many years uh, being hurted. Or you had expectations about God, or you feel away from God, but Sunday morning I need to go to the church. Or you were hurted by churches, or by Christian leaders, or sometimes you don't understand God. You don't say those things because you think, "Ah, oh, it's not right to say this for God. But you think in your mind, on your heart, God, why this happened with me? I have that person who, uh, who works with me much worse than me. Is happy. New car. Losing weight. Am I here? Why is this happening? I try. And then we have our CV. I try to obey you. I try to, et etc. et cetera, et cetera. And inside of our hearts, we try to have our king in the way that we want. And then he comes to this weakness, grace, giving his life to say there's another way to save you. It's called grace. Now, that phrase, see, your king comes to you, is repeated by the two Bible texts, Matthew and Zechariah. I love this verse, see your king comes to you. Because if you watch or if you turn and look to Jesus, we see a lot of information about God. We see a lot of Bible informations and Christian culture, but sometimes we don't see the gospel. And we don't see Jesus. It's incredible. Sometimes I talk with some friends and they know how to give lots of information about God, but they don't explain the gospel and the cross. We can have conferences and meetings and prayer meetings, but the gospel must be there. And this phrase is so powerful. uh, That uh, amazing preacher, his name, uh, he was the Prince of Preachers, they say, Charles Spurgeon. He was saved by this verse in your screen now turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for i am god and there is no other see your king is coming to look to jesus to put your eyes on jesus to look to him not to, to the things that carry his name to look to the king and say, "Okay, I do have a king. I do have someone to surrender my life." Because we love to have Jesus as savior; he can save me from my brokenness, he can save me from my sad, sadness, he can save me from my depression. But to have a king with authority, giving orders to my life, is not always that we like. But when the Bible says, "See, your king, your king, comes to you. Comes to you." He's not here totally yet, but he's not away. He comes to you. Do you know what happened? A few days later, Jesus was in that cross, on the Calvary. And was happening in the Passover and all that celebration. And that day, they had the Jews, they had the special uh, in that uh, liturgy, they had that special moment to kill the first animal from that lots of animals, the first lamb. And the hour was three afternoon, 3 p.m. And that Friday at three o'clock, they were killing the first animal. And at the same time, this man was in that outside the city in the mounting of Calvary. And he was saying, it is finished. The lamb were dying. Both lambs were dying. It is finished. It's finished. Is this word means it's paid? Everything. Salvation in Jesus. Grace, forgiveness. When you, when at some point the Holy Spirit touches your heart to convince you about your sin and to surrender to your King. So, the real king, through the apparently weakness, not fulfilling the expectation of people and saving the humankind by his love and the cross. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the king. This is the real king. The coronation of the real king starts in your heart. Can I pray with you? Let's just stand for a moment, please. Could we have the worship team again? I'm going to invite you to close your eyes for a second. I don't know if you had any time this week to confess your sins. Or even to feel your sins. Sometimes we are so in a rush and so busy that we don't stop to think in our lives. Many of us, we think that we know everything about God. Many of us, we don't stop to look to our hearts and to see our pride, vanity, jealousy, lack of forgiveness. Things that we try to get rid of but it's so tough, so difficult. Some of us, we keep talking with bitterness about something in our past. Some of us, we keep um, feeding our souls with revenge. We have many sins. But sometimes we never stop to think on this and to surrender surrender Surrendered. All of it to our King. This morning is your morning. It's your special moment for this. In a few minutes, we'll finish the service. You return to your house. You have amazing lunchtime with your family. But now is the moment that I want to ask you to bring your mind and your soul to this moment now. And to confess your heart to Jesus Christ. And to invite Him. Come on, Lord. I depend on you. I need you. I need salvation and grace. So we ask for the guys to play the next song. We still have a few minutes. And while they are singing, put your heart before Jesus. And if you want to, you can come. You're, you are free, but you can come to the front. I'll be here Uh And we can pray with you. If you want to confess something, if you want to receive prayer for something, this is your moment. Okay, so while they're playing, you're free to come and we'll be finished on time. you enjoy your sunny day, but this is our hour. Pray for your heart now. We are here for you.